Hey there, Falcon fans. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of On the Wing, the Cedar Crest Athletics Podcast. I am LJ Smith, the Director of Athletic Communications here at Cedar Crest, and I will be your host. In this episode, we are highlighting the athletic trainers here at Cedar Crest in part with Athletic Trainers Appreciation Month. The first half of this episode will feature Kelly Fleming, and the second half of the episode will have Amanda Stopinski. In both of their interviews, we will discuss their careers and how they both ended up here at Cedar Crest. And thank you again for joining us on On the Wing. I am joined by Kelly Fleming, one of the two athletic trainers here at Cedar Crest College. How are you doing today, Kelly? I am well, thanks. How are you? Uh, you know, I'm great. Uh, <laughs> thanks for being a part of today's podcast. I appreciate you taking the time to sit down and, and talk with me about you and, and your career. Absolutely. So to get things started, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself um, and we'll go from there. So I am originally from Upper Bucks County. I grew up going to Palisades High School. Um, while I was there, I played field hockey and softball. I actually stopped playing field hockey my senior year and worked with the athletic trainer at our school. And then following that, I went to East Stroudsburg for four years and majored in athletic training. While I was there, I had my son. So yeah, you know, a little bit of a challenge, but we pushed through it. And then I worked at local high schools for 13 years and then I came here. Okay. Incredible. So what you mentioned, you stopped playing field hockey to pursue mm -hmm. and start working alongside the athletic trainers. Um, what was that like for you? I actually really enjoyed it. So my athletic trainer in high school actually taught me different tapings and how to do some different stuff. And then since she was a phys ed teacher, she would actually give me passes to get out of class to go get teams on the road. Nice. So I would leave class and leave study up and be like, I have to go take the baseball team way back. Wow. So a lot of trust was put into you in high school. Yep. So kind of, or put into an athletic training realm in high school, you go to, to college for that. What was that deciding factor that you wanted to become an athletic trainer? So I had always thought about doing something in the medical field. Then I got a really bad case of senioritis my junior year in high school. All of my friends were graduating, so I wanted to be out. I was ready to be done. And then I decided, well, this combines sports, which I've played a little bit of everything except lacrosse and volleyball. So then I was like, well, let's try this. Maybe I'll go to school for this. And it was kind of a trial period to see if that's really what I wanted to do at school or not. And then I really enjoyed it. I was like, okay, this is it. I like this. Awesome. So you go to college, you mentioned East Stroudsburg, what types of sports jobs did you kind of take on while you were there? So through the program, you have to do four internships in order to get through the program and graduate. They do, you have two internships on campus and two off. Okay. One of your internships off campus is at a college, which I actually was at Lehigh University. Not 
the best experience, but definitely a learning curve. Then I was off campus at a local high school. So we had football, boys soccer at North Warren High School in New Jersey. And at that time, they did girls soccer in the fall. Pennsylvania was still in the spring. So that was an adjustment. But then our boys soccer team made it to the state semifinals while I was there. So I got some playoff experience and a little bit different world because you're in New Jersey and things are a little different. And the athletic trainer is still, she did things kind of her way. You pick up little things at each one. When I was on campus, I worked with the women's basketball team, uh, spring football. And then my senior year, I worked with the women's soccer team. Okay. So you've had plenty of experience across the board with different programs. Um, What was the first full-time job you got outside of college? So my first full-time job was actually with OAA Orthopedics. Okay. They hired me. I graduated in May and they hired me in June to start at one of the local high schools here. And then I worked for them for about 10 years. And then they actually sold off our division to Lehigh Valley Hospital, which is how I wound up with them now. So I moved. I was with one school my first year, and then there were openings at a school closer to my house. So I moved there and I stayed there for 12 years before I came here. That's incredible. So literally a month after you graduate, you get a job a career job in your field. That doesn't always happen to everyone. So very fortunate to, to make that work. And even to transfer after a year to a place closer to home must have been very beneficial to you. It was. And I went from a smaller school. I was technically at their middle school, but I covered just as many varsity teams as the guy that was at the high school. The opening at the other school opened up and they, the company kind of hemmed and hauled. They didn't know how they wanted to work it. And then several people I had worked with at the smaller school all told them she can handle it. Take, like, let her do it. So then I moved up, moved to Southern Lehigh High School, which in the Colonial League is one of the biggest schools they have. We actually covered 24 teams while I was working there. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so you, you end up at Cedar Crest mm-hmm. and you've been here for how many years now? This is my fourth year. Your fourth year, you're covering a collegiate team. So what mm-hmm. have you experienced that has been different from the high school rank to the collegiate rank? So one of the biggest differences was I went from all co-ed programs, baseball, football, wrestling, men's lacrosse to all women's, which I will admit I was very nervous about because high school girls can be very dramatic at times. So when I would need a break, that was when I would go to the boys soccer practice or to boys tennis, or I would leave and go to one of the boys practices just to get a break a little bit. The hours are very different. So the high school the kids are in class all day. You don't get to see them till one, two o'clock in the afternoon. So that was when you would start and then you work till everything's done. Here we have practices at 6 a.m., 6.30. 
which means we're here 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning. But then those days I'm also done earlier because then Amanda comes in and we'll cover the stuff till the end. So it's, you're going from, all right, these kids are in class. I don't have to, like, you're still prepping and that'll lead to a question mm-hmm. shortly, but like you're, you're kind of getting ready for what's coming in the afternoon. So your day starts yeah. a little bit later than it does now when there's a 6 a.m., 6.30 practice, you're here, 5.15, trying to get ready for a day ahead of you that could last until 9 p.m. at some cases, mm-hmm. having the help of Amanda, who will inter- will interview her later. But it's a, a completely different realm of athletics when you're doing it all day versus three to, to seven at night. Yep, it really is. It's an adjustment. My husband and my son have had to adjust a little bit and realize, oh, mom's not going to be home for dinner or, okay, mom won't be here to make sure I'm on the bus tomorrow, but then she'll be home for dinner tomorrow. And then my phone will ring in dinner because a coach needs something. Somebody got hurt on the road and they just look at me. I'm like, yep, I'm taking the phone call because somebody's hurt. I need to figure out what we're doing. And valuing family time for sure, but also your family, family valuing what you do for your job. And I think that's something that a lot of people may not know is we're on call pretty much all the time um, that we're needed. And to, to be able to make that work with, as a family dynamic may be challenging, but how do you make it work? You have to want to make it work. If you don't want to make it work, you're either going to be absolutely miserable at home or you're going to be absolutely miserable at work and hate your job. I still love my job. I love the fact that I get paid to come watch our girls play and play a sport they love. Is there work for me involved? Absolutely. But to watch them and watch our programs build and them develop the way our teams have over the past four years is amazing. It's so much fun and I wouldn't ever trade it. Very rewarding you might say. And that's the one thing we've had coaches come on and they're obviously coaching their sport. Coach K is the strength and conditioning coach. So she also Mm -hmm. covers more than just her sport. You cover every sport. So it's not like you really have an off season. Um, So that's (laughs) the, the schedules stack up on top of each other, especially now where we're playing fall sports in the spring as well. How has it been managing that? It's a little crazy. Um, Our coaches have actually been wonderful about it. They communicate with each other to figure out the turf times and make sure they're okay sharing. And our coaches have also, between Dr. Snook and Amanda and I, we've worked with figuring out small groups to work them up to bigger groups and all of that stuff. And our coaches have worked with us every step of the way, which just makes our job easier. Yeah, There's not the pushback. And, and that must make your job, I don't want to say easier because there's nothing easy about what is going on right now in athletics to, for us to have sporting events. I'm not saying that, but it must lighten the load a little bit more to have communication amongst the athletic department to mm-hmm. keep everyone moving in the right direction. Absolutely. And it helps that we're all within the same building. Correct. You don't have to worry about, well... That building's basketball, that's the gym. So that's basketball and indoor sports. And then this team's over here. Everybody's all in the same building. 
high school, you have coaches that don't even work for the school. So you may not see them all day. They literally show up at three o'clock as practice is starting. So you're texting them or trying to get them to answer emails. Here, if we're looking for answers or we need to talk about what's going on, we can literally just walk down the hallway. So we had a couple student athletes submit questions um, to kind of gauge a little bit more about our athletic trainers and something that interested them. So one of the one of the questions we'll, we'll start with is, what is one thing that we don't understand or see about your job that maybe the student athletes would want to know? I don't think they see all the paperwork that we actually do. They know they have to sign in when they come in. They know they have to make appointments when they need to do rehab and that kind of stuff. They don't see that every time we tape your ankle, we write a note about it. Every time you come get an ice bag or a Band-Aid, we write a little note. There's constantly the little note writings just from popping in. And yes, they're venting to us, but we also, just in case, make like the little notes to gauge where they are mental health-wise to keep an eye on that. And then on top of that, we're constantly communicating like Today, our volleyball team is playing in the first game since last March. Incredible. It's such a, an exciting <laughs> feeling. I'm but ready also, to cry because I'm so excited that we're finally playing games. Oh, my goodness. The, the, the fact <laughs> that I was able to make a game day post today has been the most excited I've been about a sporting event in a very long time. Right. And that's we're constantly even communicating with the schools we're traveling to or the ones coming here to make sure if someone needs a tape job and they're not getting taped here, they're aware ahead of time. Hey, so-and-so's coming. It's their left ankle. They need it taped. They're going to need a bag of ice after the game. So communication across the board, not just between you and Amanda and even Dr. Snook, it's the institutions that we we are either Mm -hmm. traveling to or coming here. You're communicating with that athletic trainer as well. Absolutely. (laughs) that's there's so many moving parts that I don't want to say that they don't know, but they're unaware of how much goes into just prepping the event for them. Right. And you, you've seen me out there because you're helping set up the cameras for stream and they're not going to be at the field for two more hours. And we already have the sideline cart is on the field and the water jugs are already out and that part's already set up. So then when they are starting to show up to get taped or whatever they need before the game, we're free and able to do that. Absolutely. Uh, another question we have, and I feel like this one is, is a very interesting question because it's you deal with people that have suffered an injury. Hopefully not. That's not the case. But when it does happen, the question is, how do you connect with your athlete to make them feel safe if they've endured an injury? It's hard. You have to build that relationship with them. Uh, For us, some of the upperclassmen, it's a little bit easier because you've had those years of you're at the practice day in and day out. You're at the games. You've helped them through little things. And now they have a season ending injury. It's a little bit harder. But then you show that you're there for them by you're there pushing them day in and day out to help get them back on the field. You're helping arrange their doctor's appointments, making sure they have rides, texting them over the weekend, just, hey, just want to touch base, see how you're feeling. Or even now where we have athletes and stuff in quarantine, quick shooting them an email, just, 
just want to touch base, see how you're feeling. I know it's crappy being stuck. Yeah. But just want to check in and see how you're feeling. It takes work. It takes pushing them to tell you what's going on and you then you're still pushing them to make them work and get them better. And when they start seeing the little improvements, their faces light up. Yeah. And I, I can't imagine if a visiting team, if you're a member of the visiting team and something occurs where you have to go out and treat them, mm-hmm. having them feel comfortable enough that you're going to take care of them. It doesn't just happen overnight. This is something you learn and build throughout your years. So mm-hmm. has that been challenging, do you find, or do you think the athletes are? And some of it goes back to their relationships with their athletic trainers on campus. The biggest trick when someone's hurt on the field that I have found is as long as I stay calm, they stay calmer. If they need to freak out for five, 10 minutes, I let them freak out. And I'm like, okay, this is what we're going to do. You've had five minutes. You got your freak out. We can freak out more later, but right now this is what we need to do. That's that's a, a very difficult situation you can be put in. Hopefully that's never the case. We want everyone to stay healthy and no one injured for both programs. But if it does occur, that's definitely something that mm-hmm. you have to be on top of and stay composed in your own right. I, adrenaline helps because for us, the second somebody go, goes down, it's almost your brain is trained. Like you watch them fall. You already from going through schooling, you have an idea of what's already going on. So when you get out there, you have a pretty good idea of what you're testing, what you're looking for, and it just helps. Yeah, I, I can imagine that just the adrenaline kick in of this is now like I see this, this is what I have to do. Yeah, it's just like it's ready to go. An- another uh, student question that came in. And I, I think this is kind of an interesting one. Uh, what is your biggest pet peeve? that athletes do? Yeah, I did my exercises this weekend. (laughs) It's to like set three. Kel, these are really hard. But you did your stuff this weekend, right? Yeah. These shouldn't be hard then. Yeah. Or they'll try to play off. And it's, it's more here than when I was at the high school. Well, so over the weekend, I did this. But they don't want to tell you the full story of what they actually did. They know eventually down the line, we're going to figure it out or we're going to hear the stories from teammates of what happened. And then we kind of bust on them a little bit more that we know the whole story. Yeah. But the high school kids, when I worked with them, we had several doctors that lived within the district. So they would constantly come in during. So I saw my doctor on the golf course last night. My doctor came over to the house last night. Did you bring me a note? No. And then they'd get mad because we don't have a doctor's note, so they can't do anything. Yeah. That's crazy. Just little, little nuances you pick up on and it'll vary school, the school and your location, but it's, it's definitely something I feel can be very entertaining or also very irritating. So to me, it's entertaining, but it tends to be more entertaining, but yeah, when you're trying to eval their injury and figure out what's really going on, if you're not getting the whole story, you can't, figure it out. Yes. And it makes it harder. And then you find out and sometimes it's stupid things that they've done. Sometimes it's, I fell down the steps or I tripped down the steps. Okay. We've all done that at some point. Yeah. 
Like, just tell me when you, what you really did. So as, as we get closer to wrapping this up, one of the questions that I'd like that a student asked, I'll kind of wrap into this question. The question is, how has this job changed you is part one. But I want to piggyback this and how has your job changed due to the pandemic? Because it's something, and especially in your field, you're taping athletes, you're, you're getting ice for athletes, all these things that, that require you to be in contact with these student athletes. What has the pandemic done to your job and how have you had to adjust what you would do on a normal day-to-day basis? So our day-to-day has changed a lot. Instead of just the kids being able to come in and we can treat them and just even to pop in and talk because, hey, this happened today and they just want to let us know. Or my sister's pregnant like I, and I'm excited. I want to let you know. We, we don't get to do that as much unless we pass them at practice. Last year, practices, game days, the soccer team would just hang out in the training room for an hour before they had to be on the field just to hang out because they wanted to be in there. Some of their teammates were in there and we can't like they come in, we'll tape what we need to and they're right back out the door. And then we also spend a lot of the day making sure they've done their symptom surveys. And then before practice, it's taking everybody's temps and making sure they can get ready to travel. And then now with us, with all our testing we're doing, it's figuring out all the testing rosters and doing the pool testing. And then as far as changing me, this year's definitely been challenging because we can't have meetings in person. If we need to get something across to a team, it's a Zoom meeting. Or as Dr. Snook likes to say, it's Hollywood Squares on my computer. Yeah. And you get you get tired of it. You want to have that interaction just to be able to sit in the same room as somebody and have a conversation. Overall, I kind of feel bad because my husband will do something, come home with a blood blister under his fingernail or a cut. And he's like, this really hurts. I'm like, my girls wouldn't even whine about that. Like, why are you whining about it? Yeah. But I would say it also makes me more empathetic because I feel for the athletes. I hate having to have conversations that somebody got hurt in a game or at practice and now your season's done. Or the last thing I'd like telling kids is you can't play this game because you're just not back from your injury enough to be able to. I'd much rather see them on the field and playing, but sometimes I have to be the meanie. It's crazy to think how much has changed mm-hmm. in the span of a year to let alone how we have to operate. So we're, we're doing this via Zoom. We yep. would totally have been doing this in person if we could have. And it's, <laughs> it's crazy to think that this is, we're accustomed to this. It's, it's a whole yep. different world. And now you have to do your job. Like I said, you're interacting with the student athletes on a daily basis. Now it's limited time slots that they have to sign up for. You're not getting the entire groups at one shot. It's literally structured in a way that's safe for everyone and and ourselves but i just i'm not saying it's taking away from anything but it's definitely altering the way sporting events and our jobs are functioning yeah it's literally going in the gym and figuring out where we're set 
specifically putting every single chair. And if we get to a point of having fans where every fan can sit and where should something happen, the opposing team, we can use this area as an athletic training room for them. And our team's going to be over here versus, oh yeah, you need your ankle taped. Okay. Just come on in. Our team's still in here, finishing up their stuff. We'll get you taped, get you out. There's no more intermingling. Yeah. And to still give the proper experience for our student athletes is what, is what it comes down to. We still want to be able to provide that for them and to do so, we have to make sure we're following the right protocols. We're doing exactly what we need to, so they can have an experience at all. Yep. Big things are on the rise and it's very exciting. It, it's going to be a very interesting upcoming week for sure. And even in the, in the coming weeks, as we open with our first spring events on Saturday, the 27th. So very exciting to get back to that. It may be chaotic, <laughs> but we're, we're ready for it. I, I guarantee Absolutely. you I'm ready Bring for it. it. So just to have sporting events back again at Cedar Crest is, is going to be, I, I think it's going to bring a lot of people together, even with the parents, even if they're not able to be there in person, we're going to provide what we can to give them an experience for their, for their st- kids, the student athletes here, and as well as the college. Absolutely. Bring on the games. I'm ready yes. to see our girls playing. Absolutely. Kelly, thank you so much for taking time uh, with me this afternoon as we get ready for the upcoming season. Shortly, you'll hear from the interview that I have with uh, Amanda, the other athletic trainer here at Cedar Crest. But Kelly, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you. Are you looking to get your hands on some Cedar Crest Falcons gear? Head over to cedarcrestathletics.com and click the link under the tab Fan Zone to find our Falcon Sideline store. Each month, there is a promotion that offers a discount to all things Falcons, from hats, hoodies, shirts, and more. Head to our Falcon Sideline store today, powered by BSN Sports. Stout Associates Certified Public Accountants provide accounting, tax, and consulting services to small and family-owned businesses by becoming a part of the team. To find out more, visit stoutcpas.com. Stout CPA is proud to sponsor Cedar Crest College Athletics. Epic Tours is the exclusive charter bus company for Cedar Crest College Athletics. Specializing in group travel by motor coach, Epic Tours can accommodate trips ranging from corporate events to wedding shuttles to cross-country trips. When planning your next trip, call Epic Tours at 844-EPIC-BUS or visit them on the web at epictoursgroup.com. The Lehigh Valley Health Network is the primary health care provider for Cedar Crest College Athletics, LVHN, a passion for better medicine. Welcome back, Falcon fans. Thank you again for joining us on On the Wing. I am joined now by Amanda Stapinski, one of the athletic trainers here at Cedar Crest. How are you doing today, Amanda? I'm doing great. How are you? You know, I'm doing great. It's exciting. We're getting closer to opening weekend for sports. So it's just one of those feelings like you're finally getting the tingles again. You're ready to get back in the swing of things. Um, But thank you for taking time to sit down with me and and talk about your career on this episode. So uh, let's let's get this started. And we'll do that by just having you tell us a little bit about yourself. So I grew up in New Jersey. Um, I am from a very small town in New Jersey. I went to a very, very, very tiny high school. Um, There was five districts that went to our high school. So I 
did my entire high school career and everything there. Um, I was a gymnast my entire life. So I didn't, I actually got to compete for the college at the college level. And then I also got to compete for my high school. So that was fun as well as doing private clubs. So I got to kind of travel the country and do all kinds of things with the sport and met a whole bunch of different people. So that was a lot of fun. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. A little tidbit I was unaware of. So that's very cool. Learn something new every day. <laughs> Absolutely. So you said you competed at the collegiate level, but where did you attend college? So I first went to Wilson College. I competed for a year and a half to two years there, but due to injuries, I ended up leaving the school um, and I transferred to William Patterson University in New Jersey. That's in Wayne, New Jersey. And I ended up getting a bachelor's degree in athletic training. And I also double majored and got a bachelor's in exercise physiology as well. Oh, wow. Okay. So what kind of got you on the path of wanting to become an athletic trainer? So in high school, you have all these fun classes and extracurriculars that you have to do. So you have a lot of my classmates, they all took like the home economics and weird things like that. But I saw one thing and we had an athletic training class and our athletic trainer at our high school, she actually taught the class. So I was like, Hey, I'm an athlete. Like, sure. I'll take that class. Why not? Um, and I fell in love with it. So I loved the anatomy portion. I learned how to tape there, um, which I still do all of those tapings now, even though I learned through college, I still revert back to my original grounds, if you want to call it that. When you were at William Patterson, you ended up, like you said, graduating with two bachelors. What was your process like going through college in the AT program? It was very rigorous. Um, it was a little chaotic at times, but especially being a double major, um, because a lot of my classes were able to duel. So they kind of counted for both, which was nice. Um, but a lot of them, once I got into junior and senior year, it made my life a little bit more chaotic. So I was taking about 18 to 20 credits a semester. Wow. Um, but I ended up, I was able to graduate in four years, never had to take a summer class, a winter class. Um, so I was pretty proud of that. Plus all of the internships, everything that we had to do. So I got a lot of different experience being closer to New York city for that kind of stuff. So what were your internships like? Were you at a, the collegiate level? Were you at the high school rank? What, what did those look like? So I had the option to do a lot of different things. Every semester we kind of went somewhere different. Um, I worked a lot of high school. I was able to work with Passaic high school as well as Cliffside park high school. Um, and then I also worked at the college. So I worked at William Patterson for a bunch of their teams. We just kind of got pushed around to a bunch of different ones. And we were, always had athletic training room hours. So we got a lot of treatment hours in. The other thing is we actually interned at the on-campus health center. So I got a lot of different experience there in an actual doctor's office, which is how I ended up going to grad school and pursuing my career in a different way than I ever thought that I would take athletic training. Okay. So you go to grad school. What, yeah. what was your next step? What was your first career job? If you would call it that. Uh, first career job is I actually had a graduate assistantship through East Stroudsburg. Um, so I was able to work at a middle school and a high school and 
I got a lot of experience there. So I went through grad school. I got my master's in a year. Um, and then I went and worked at a doctor's office, which was right up in East Stroudsburg. And I worked with 10 different orthopedic doctors up there doing casting and bracing. Okay. So getting a variable of, of experience definitely can be beneficial for sure. Um, so how did you end up coming to Cedar Crest college? I ended up coming to Cedar Crest. Um, I went to the orthopedic office. I loved it. I loved that setting, but I wanted to go into more traditional athletic training. I wasn't getting and using my full education there. So I ended up moving and working at a high school. Um, and then once I was done with the high school, I knew that I needed to pursue my career further and I wanted to get into college athletics and be with athletes that have more of a passion for the sport and, want to pursue and be the best people that they can be and the best athletes that they can be. So I ended up applying and I went through Lehigh Valley Health Network and got the job and interviewed here. And here I am. Okay. So you've been at Cedar Crest for about over a year now, but unfortunately due due to the pandemic, you've only been able to work a limited number of games. Um, So to finally get back into the swing of things here, how excited are you to finally be able to work with the student athletes you've been getting to learn and know over this past year? I'm very excited. It has been definitely a challenging year, but it's been a challenging year for everybody. But definitely being the new person has been interesting, especially during a pandemic. So coming in, I think I worked three games um, before everything got shut down. So it was a little bit chaotic but it's exciting to actually know the athletes now. And I've had a year to build relationships with them and they actually know who I am now. (laughs) The biggest joke that I always had with them is I'd be like, "Mm, I know your name, but I can't remember. So now it's like the celebration when I actually do know who they are. I'm like, you have to remember one name. I have to remember all of you. So it's very exciting to actually get into the swing of things and be able to watch them play after working with them for a year to get them where where we are now. So it's kind of a, not that this is a blessing in disguise at all, but due to the circumstances, having to be able to have time to learn and meet the student athletes, build a relationship is crucial in your job to have them trust you and, and do your job. So this has probably been not the thing you wanted to do. You obviously want to work events and make sure everyone stays healthy, but to be able to build those relationships with the student athletes is definitely critical. Yes, it's definitely been a challenge to try to build those at the beginning. Now that we're physically back on campus and going through practices and getting ready for games, it's been a lot more fun to see them and for them to see me. And we have a better a better grip on things now. Yes, I, I, I can imagine. And granted, things are not simple right now, trying to get everything, all these moving pieces put together to get our student athletes back on the respective playing fields. Um, but we had a couple of student athletes submit questions, um, to kind of gauge a little more interest, um, from you guys to learn more about you. So one of the, one of the questions we have is, um, what is one thing that maybe we don't understand or see about your job that you do on a regular basis? Paperwork. (laughs) Paperwork is the biggest (laughs) thing for all of us. Uh, everybody sees us on the field. They see the rehabs that we do and, the taping and all of that stuff. But what you don't realize is all of the schedule changes that we have to deal with and figure out coverage. 
as well to make sure that everybody stays safe, as well as now with the pandemic, we have all of these additional pieces of paperwork with COVID-19 screenings and meetings that we handle, as well as the paperwork from all of the injuries that we have to log that we keep track of and make sure that everything is always documented just in case there's ever an issue. We can always go back and look and say, okay, well, a week ago you dealt with this and now we're going to move forward and see how we can progress through that. Yeah. I, that was a very similar answer to what Kelly said in, in her portion of the interview. I feel like that's a very tough thing for our student athletes to see because yes, they're, they're scheduling times for you to meet with them and do rehabs and just get, like different treatments. Um, but when they're gone, it's not just you're waiting for somebody else. You're documenting everything that you're doing to make sure we have the proper knowledge of what we're doing to, for each student athlete. So it's, it's not, I don't want to say it's a simple thing, but it definitely is time consuming. It's very tedious. Yes, definitely takes up a lot of our time. Plus trying to figure out how to progress them through rehab programs. So if they're at stage one in a rehab program, what can we, what can we progress them to? And I'm constantly doing research and I'm constantly learning. There's always new things to learn. There's always new techniques out there. So that's another thing that I take into consideration is I always am doing research and stuff on my downtime. Yes. Quote unquote. Yes. The downtimes that we do get is usually research and paperwork and just trying to get caught up to make sure that we can keep moving forward in a positive direction. Awesome. Another question we have is I feel like it's, it's a, a neat perspective to get from uh, from the athletic trainers, especially for this concept is how do you connect with the athletes or make them feel safe if they do endure an injury? Best thing that I do is I try to relate. I always try to take into consideration that I've probably been in the situation they're in, maybe not to the same extent, but always try to bring myself down to their level or be an advocate for them to come and talk to. So I was like, to, if you want to talk to me, you're more than welcome to. If you don't, I completely understand, but know that I'm here for you, whatever you need and whatever you want to talk about. But any injury, any mental health, anything that goes on, I always want to make sure that they know that I'm available and guaranteed I've probably gone through most of what they have. So getting down to their level and appreciating them for who they are and what they do. And you're a student athlete and it's not always an easy road and you have to deal with classes and work and practices and life gets chaotic, but it's a good introduction to life itself. So treating them like a human being and knowing that we all have our breakdowns, we all have our breaking points and just knowing that we have them too. There are days that I'm not always this happy peppy person that everybody sees, um, but we always try to get through it. And at the end of the day, there's going to be, the sun will come out tomorrow and we will, we'll conquer the next day as, as we move forward. So there's, there's always a progression and trying to be there for them to know that, that just because an injury happened today doesn't mean that it's going to keep you out for the rest of the year. It's how can we move forward and how can we turn it into something positive? That's, that's incredible. I, uh, to, to piggyback off of that question now, hopefully no injuries occur at all during a sporting event. Cause that would like, makes everyone's job easier, but also peace of mind for everyone in, that's participating. But if you're, if you're working at an event and a, 
opposing player goes down with an injury, how important is it to make them feel calm and safe in a time where they could be very frantic and, and, and afraid? Um, biggest thing that I do is I get in their face. <laughs> it is scary. It's not always the most enjoyable thing when you're seeing a stranger and you're dealing with an injury. I just try to get into their face and try to calm them down as much as they can. And I treat every athlete the same. So whether they're our team or the opposing team, it doesn't matter to me. An athlete's an athlete. A person is a person. So it doesn't, doesn't matter if you're wearing purple and we're wearing yellow. Um, you went down on the field. I'm going to treat you exactly the same as I would our home team and make sure that you know that you are in a safe environment and that we can get you treated at least. Yeah. Um, I can't rehab you back, but at least I can get you treated and on the right path to getting to the right places and knowing that I would tell them I'm going to be in contact with your athletic trainer. They will know everything that's going on. And I send them as much documentation as I can give um, for any information that they might need to help them progress forward. And communicating, that's another thing I feel like not every student athlete knows. You communicate with the other athletic trainers as well to make sure and vice versa, they do the same to you. That way you're aware of what our student athletes want and what their student athletes would like if they're on, if they're coming to our uh, event, our, our home field. So it's a whole other like side of things to make sure you're communicating effectively with the other opposing teams, uh, yes. athletic trainer. That's another moving part is not only communication within us and our program and all of our student athletes that we communicate with them, but we also have to communicate with all of the coaches, all of the athletic directors, all of the other athletic trainers at the other schools and make sure that everybody kind of knows this is the plan. This is what we're doing and they have a better place to move as well. That's that's just so cool to know that if everything comes together, it can be such a safe environment. I always say to the student athletes, it's always a good day when I don't have to work. Correct. When <laughs> I have to work, it's, it's not always a good day. Yes. Uh, another uh, student athlete submitted question is, what is your biggest pet peeve that your student athletes do? <sighs> My biggest pet peeve. Hmm. I think the biggest pet peeve of mine is heat. heat and everybody thinks that heat is the greatest thing in the world and everybody wants to do it just because it feels good. That's one of my, my big things. Um, cause not everybody needs it. It's not always warranted. I mean, I want to feel heat every day, but we don't always get what we want. So <laughs> I think a lot of that, the pandemic has changed a lot of that as well but that was one of the big things is I need to come in and heat. Um, so trying to cut down on that has definitely been interesting because they still, they still try to push those buttons, but that's one of the big things. Okay. And, and you touched on this. Um, this will lead into our last question of, of this episode. There's an, the last question came in from a student athlete, but I'm going to build on top of it. So how has being an athletic trainer changed you? How has an athletic trainer changed me? Um, it's made me more adaptable. It has made me believe that everybody is different. Everybody goes through something different and everybody processes things different. So I've learned a lot of different ways to cope with things. I've learned a lot of different ways to help other people cope through things. 
and that we all don't go through an ankle injury the same. Um, it has been interesting to watch myself develop as far as communication goes. I used to be a very, very, very quiet person. And now I'm a little bit more open-minded. Everybody calls me the happy peppy person here because I yell at everybody in practice. I'm always the woohoo person. Um, cause if they're not upbeat, then if I'm not upbeat, then they won't be. So it helps them to feel a positive direction and be like, Oh, Oh, I should be happy about being here. And it's not always a negative thing when they come to see me. So I always try to keep that. And that's one thing that I've noticed is even though it's a negative situation, I always try to keep myself positive to keep them positive. Very nice. The, the very last thing we'll, we'll touch on is how has the pandemic changed how you do your job? Oh, it has changed everything. Um, but it's changed a lot of people's lives, but masking is a big thing. And the COVID screenings that we have to do and all of the testing that now we have to put our athletes through. So it's another stress that they have as well as another stress that we have. So we used to just be like, good luck, have fun, see you later, get on the bus. And they were off. And now we have so many more different things to do and screenings to do and make sure we're doing temp checks. So it makes our job a little bit more tedious of more sitting in front of a computer, making sure that all of the surveys are done correctly, um, that we're printing all the paperwork portions are out a little bit more than we used to do. So that part has definitely changed all of us, but Hey, we're working with it. Yeah. Being like you said, being, able to adapt to the circumstances, being flexible to schedule changes and, and yeah. all of the like is definitely, it's, it's not easy um, for, for everyone in, in involved, but being able to have that peppiness, keep a smile on your face and change the attitude of our student athletes is definitely going to benefit them. Yes. That's the but, job. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's the goal. Amanda, thank you for spending some time with me this morning to talk about yourself and learn about how you got to Cedarcrest and, and answer some of our student athletes questions. But I, I appreciate you taking the time and being a part of this episode for Athletic Trainer Appreciation Month. So thank you for everything Absolutely. that you do. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much for tuning into On the Wing, the Cedarcrest Athletics Podcast. To stay connected to all things Cedar Crest Falcons, head to our website at cedarcrestathletics.com. Also, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks again for listening. I'm your host, LJ Smith, signing off.